Welcome to the public morality. In an era of unprecedented moments testing the elasticity of American democracy, the Supreme Court will hear an appeal by former President Donald Trump of the Colorado Supreme Court's ruling to keep him off the Colorado primary ballot based on the insurrection language in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. I can think of no one better to help us understand the ramifications of this latest development than our dear friend, political analyst, Joe Tooman. Joe Tooman, welcome back to the public morality. Great to have you, sir. Thank you. And and isn't it an interesting time to be talking about morality um, after all of the nonsense we see in, in the politics of this country uh, from, mm-hmm. you know, people who are in the, in the House of Representatives on the Republican side who are holding back money um, uh, to fund things, haven't been helpful to Ukraine. Where's the morality there? Um, and uh, looking at Donald Trump now, uh, I, I, it's, it's, it's impossible to follow this guy because it, so many things he says are untrue, and he knows what he's saying, so let's be more uh, clear about this he lies a great deal which is not moral and um, he's at the same time uh, attempting to uh, uh, advocate for a really strong authoritarian right wing um, you know the fact that he's uh, forgive the expression in bed with Vladimir Putin so much of the time he visits him he admires him he wants to emulate him um, all of that is frightening. And even whether he was serious or not about wanting to be a dictator for a day, um, those things aren't funny, actually. And, and they're dangerous. And, and uh, you know, there are people who will want to follow him for some reason. And so I'm glad that we're on a, a program that's to le- devoted to assessing morality because um, we are living in a time when, when that is very much at risk, no question. Well, I, I, I guess you know when give, when giving your previous statement, you know, I was thinking that it's it has sort of been commonplace during the State of the Union addresses for the president. I think started with Ronald Reagan to say the state of our union is strong. Yeah. How would you assess the state of American democracy right now? Well, since you mentioned another president, um, I think as long as Biden is still president, um, he's not going to let Donald Trump walk away with everything. And Trump is without question you know, the opposite of all of this. He, he presents uh, an alternative um, to our, our, our form of government, um, which clearly is, is, as we mentioned before, um, to each other, you know, it is, it is right of center. Um, it, it very clearly wants to undo um, democratic norms, and uh, it threatens as well democratic institutions, um, all of which is, is extremely dangerous to this country. You know, we could, we could make jokes about Trump, but the fact is a lot of the stuff that he, he spews into our uh, network of, of, of things that we're talking about um, is, is dangerous and it, it promotes, uh, besides promoting um, uh, anti-democratic uh, 
framework um, is is back in the same place of, of, of likely to be promoting violence again. I mean, he's clearly suggested it several times. And uh, these things aren't happy or healthy uh, for anybody, and, and even the Republicans in the House of Representatives uh, you know, should be a little smarter about that, and they have not been. Um, so all of these things are, are, to me, very frightening, and uh, they go hand in hand with the ongoing threat to um, uh, a woman's right to decide you know, and have dominion over her own body. Um, and uh, a, a woman who is giving birth, but also subject uh, to physical risk herself or the possibility of dying. You know, the idea that uh, a woman doesn't get to decide that. And, and you have, you know, courts packed mostly with men who are making these decisions for women, and they don't have the first clue about uh, what, you know, what the issues are for um, a, a woman is having a child at risk. Um, all these things are, they're just crazy. And, and we are in the end of this. I don't want to make this all about Donald Trump, but I will say these things. He's very clearly uh, someone who lies without uh, even thinking about it. He has been diagnosed by several people, including his niece, who's pretty smart, by the way, and, and capable to diagnose He's been diagnosed as a sociopath and a psychopath, in addition to being a, an ongoing liar, just constantly tells lies. How do you run a government? Um, how do you, how do you uh, manage a country with that? Well, the only thing for me that's uh, the redeeming issue here, even though there are some people who don't like him, is that we still have Joe Biden, and Biden has made it very clear. Uh, he did in his last speech, I guess a day or two ago, made it very clear that he would, he would stop Trump. He was, he's not going to allow uh, the swing to the right, uh, you know, the authoritarianism. Um, but, you know, it makes you wonder what happens if, if Biden doesn't win this election. I think he's got a pretty good chance. But, you know, it's, it's, it's really frightening to think what might happen if he's gone. And uh, there's not someone with his character and his, and his experience. We've got to give that to Biden as well. Lots of experience. Um, who's going to take his place? Do we, do we have somebody who can step forward and do that? So these are, these are things that keep me up at night. Definitely. Well, I'm going to pose a set of questions that, that, that's going to uh, make create further insomnia. Um, sure. <laughs> well, the, the Supreme court recently decided that they were going to hear former President Trump's appeal of the Colorado Supreme Court to keep him off the Colorado primary ballot. Uh, yeah, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts about, which is another unprecedented moment in these unprecedented times. So what's your thought about that, just that piece of, of uh, Colorado keeping him, keeping former President Trump off the Colorado primary ballot? Well, one of the things that uh, I think is, is fairly self-evident at this point is that, you know, it is the case that the states are supposed to be involved in, in, in creating the infrastructure for uh, open and honest and fair and uh, free elections. And uh, so the, the people in Colorado who are doing this um, have 
invited, again, conservatives and Republicans who are Trump supporters to make a stink about this, uh, primarily because they think this is unfair to Donald Trump. And what they fail to reckon with in this is that uh, really all we're talking about um, with uh, keeping his name off um, the, the ballot is a, a ballot that's only for a, a single state. So it's not something that has an impact on every state. It has a, a frankly very minor impact really just on Donald Trump, who's still doing very well in other states where there are conservatives and Republicans. They seem to like him. Um, and so I, I, I you know, I, I have looked at the, the reasoning provided uh, from the people in the state of Colorado as to why this was necessary to do. And, and it's, I think, been made fairly obvious at this point that, that Trump's behavior uh, of recent times and some of the things he said have made him, for a lot of people, appear um, not just like a sociopath and a psychopath, but also as someone who's dangerous, uh, who says reckless things and someone who perpetually lies. And so, uh, you know, this is, this is not just a problem for Colorado, I guess, is where I'm going with this, Byron. It's, it's, it's a problem throughout the country. And um, Trump has a lot of supporters. Um, I don't think it's beyond the uh, realm of reason to assume that uh, there may be another coup attempt, not unlike what he did on January 6th. And, and, and on that subject, by the way, since, again, we're talking about morality and immorality, this is the person who tried to topple our country um, following the example of, of authoritarians in Eastern Europe and certainly uh, examples of countries or, like Russia. Let's just call it what it is, um, attacking and, and, and trying to take over Ukraine and accusing Ukraine of all sorts of falsehoods. Um, as, a, as, a, as a, a, a false reason for them to be allowed to invade Ukraine and try and take over the country. Well, what they're really trying to do is engage in self-aggrandizement and be more of a threat to, to or, or to perhaps create a bigger um, uh, separation, if you will, between themselves uh, and all the NATO countries. Uh, that for a long time have been in place there. And, and Vladimir Putin is very threatened by NATO. Um, uh, which is the reason he's part of the reason he's done this. Um, he wants to sort of stake a new position for himself with all this. And, and the problem is that Donald Trump, who I don't think he's ever read a book, let alone read a, a, a magazine or, or, or whatever's on his credit card or something like that. He, the guy doesn't read and he, he, he says foolish things and, he does not seem well-informed or well-educated about the subjects that he purports to talk about when he gives his speeches. And he, as I said, he does make up a lot of things. Problem is that there are people who like him because he's kind of a smart aleck or a smart ass. And, and uh, they think he's kind of funny and he's convinced a lot of people of things that never happened um, as a justification for supporting him. And, and so Back to Colorado, I'll just finish this real quickly. In, the people in Colorado who, who said, let's keep them off the ballot um, had a simple reason out of this, the sum total of everything I just mentioned to you, because um, it was very clear uh, in this instance that, that uh, 
Donald Trump engaged in insurrection. An insurrection violates um, the 14th Amendment, Section 3 of that. And I do teach constitutional law. I know this particular segment extremely well. And I think that the officials in Colorado are well within their rights to say, if this person violated uh, the 14th Amendment and that Section 3 that, that very clearly says, if you have engaged in insurrection, you are forbidden, you are you're removed from ever running for office again. And uh, so that's, that's all they did. They took his name off the list for, for Republicans. Joe, Joe, I want to chime in right there because I, I just want to just, just have you confirm. Um, a number of people that I've talked to just in, just in conversation have assumed this was like a cabal of Democrats who um, tried to keep the former president's name off the Republican primary ballot, but this is sort of an intramural skirmish, right? This is Republicans that are leading this charge. Is that correct? Yeah, there are some. Yeah. And, and there's a, let's put it this way. There's a majority of Republicans who, who don't want them on there. And, and uh, that is correct. And, and the person, as I said before, the government official who's in charge of this, who made the call on this um, very eloquently in her, her presentation said, this is what the Constitution provides. That section of of, uh, uh, of the Fourteenth Amendment makes very clear what are the consequences to someone who engages or promotes uh, insurrection, um, and and the main consequence of that is um, you are you are banned, if you will, or forbidden to run for office or seek office uh, in the United States again, and that's. That language is clear as the day is long. It's, there's, there's, there, there are not, I mean, Trump and the others will try and have ways to get around this, but the bottom line is that the individual in Colorado who made the call made the correct call on this. And uh, it remains to be seen what the other states will do. Not every state's going to agree with that. There, is, there are some states where you have strong Trump supporters, and they also don't read, obviously, and they're not very well educated about what Trump is doing. And uh, so he'll have his, you know, Trump will have his opponents back. His, his, I'm sorry, his supporters back in to try and oppose more of this. Um, and and right now, of course, as we as we look forward, um, you know that Donald Trump will try and and make some kind of hay of this uh, with the Supreme Court as well. Um, I think he's convinced himself that if he put those people, a number of them, on the on the bench. Uh, that they'll back him on this. And um, we are in a place right now with the Supreme Court where there are, I mean, it's it's a mixed group, most certainly. So that it's not all Republican conservatives. But um, in Donald Trump's mind, I, as I said, I think he feels that if he put those people on the court, um, then he expects them to support him. And so when he's asking for things like, I want immunity from prosecution for this or that, or I get because I was president, you can't uh, you know, accuse me of anything or charge me with anything. And that's not true. Okay. Again, this is Trump not knowing what the law says. Um, he absolutely can be prosecuted for this. And he does not have immunity. And by the way, he hasn't been president for a whole bunch of years. So some of these things he's doing now as a private citizen are not going to give him immunity uh, from prosecution. But this is the problem that we have, Byron, which is we have a lot of people, uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to insult other people. I'll just say it this way. There are lots of people who 
who only get a, a, a small sense of what this is all about. Um, and uh, and, in, and within that group, there are a lot of people who are Trump supporters. Um, but when you ask them, you know, to explain why they're that Trump supporters or why have they made this claim or why are you, you why are you asking for immunity when immunity doesn't exist on this? You don't get immunity just because you were president ten years ago. You're still liable for things after you were president. And frankly, if you're the president and you do some things that are illegal you still have to pay the consequences for that because the president, just like everybody else, like you and me, are not above the law. Presidents are not above the law. And, uh, you know, the only thing that's frightening me about all this is that we still have Clarence Thomas on the uh, Supreme Court right now, who is himself back to these questions about morality and moral behavior. There's a guy that was taking money from billionaires along with some other Supreme Court justices. And, um, you know, using it to pay for uh, various things. Um, and uh, that kind of sounded like he was getting bribes, basically, which is absolutely illegal for Supreme Court justice. And here we had not just one, Clarence Thomas, but a whole number of justices on the court who were taking money as well and never reporting it, not reporting it. Well, I think to anybody else, and you don't have to be a legal expert on this, but to anybody else looking at this, this smells bad, it smells real bad. When you give, when, when someone's, you know, taking hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever and, and doing whatever they want with it, um, those billionaires who are making those donations aren't doing it out of a sense of love and admiration for somebody like Clarence Thomas. They're probably doing it to hope, in the hope that they can affect the outcome of certain legal opinions. And that's certainly the way it appears outside looking in. Um, so this is still a problem anyway. It's, it's not just Donald Trump. It's Trump, some of Trump's appointees as well. And it really has to change. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to rely right now on your constitutional law expertise. Thinking that this Supreme Court leans toward originalism in their interpretation yeah. of the majority. Yeah. Who has the responsibility, according to the Constitution, to determine who qualifies to be on the ballot? Is it the Supreme Court? Is it Congress? Or is it the state? I believe it's the states to make these decisions. Um, because in, invariably, we're not voting nationally. We're, I mean, it's a national outcome. But you make, if you think about this through, you, you make your vote in the state that you know, the state that you reside in. It's the place where you live. And uh, that is the relevance of, of states to this. And that's also part of the reason, Byron, that uh, on an ongoing basis, you've had a lot of discussion lately um, within the Democratic Party, for example, about the importance of Democratic uh, or can, can certain states that are mostly Democrat oriented, um, can they provide enough votes uh, to put a Democratic governor in the state house, for example? And that governor is usually one of the people who will you know, be making noise about the relevance of democracy versus Republicans who, who lean right now towards authoritarianism. And let's call it what it is, which lean towards countries which have essentially been you know, dictatorships. That's not the U.S. 
A, I'm talking about countries and places like Eastern Europe and other places in South America as well, where unfortunately that kind of authoritarianism swings, it works. And you have governors or, or leaders in those countries that profit from that and look the other way when people do things that are unlawful and immoral. Um, so I, I think I probably went longer than the original question that you asked, but my answer no, to you is I, I believe it would be the states. It's most okay. relevant. No, no, and then and I'm going to follow up with that. That um, well, first of all, do you worry? Let's say um, this court, the Supreme Court, maintains mm-hmm. their originalist bona fides, and they listen to Joe Biden, and they say, you know, Joe's right. It's up to the states, so we're going to uphold the Colorado ruling. Do you then worry? Um, because Donald Trump probably will not win Colorado if he were the nominee. He's not going to win Colorado. But do you worry that a state, let's say like Wisconsin, could do similar uh, sort of retribution because of of the way Wisconsin is structured in terms of their court? Um, Do you worry that they might, in terms of retribution, even though the Colorado ruling is led by Republicans, try to keep Joe, Bal- Joe Biden off the ballot for, for some sort of rationale that they deem? Um, do you worry that we could sort of creating sort of a hodgepodge of, 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 of electoral politics? Do you worry about that? Well, it, yeah, uh, conceivably. Um, you know, as I said, step back if, we're t- if, we're, if we just to focus on Colorado again. You know, you had... Uh, people there who uh, were opposed to putting Trump on the ballot um, because these were, these were people in government there who had already observed what had happened some weeks ago, more than a few weeks ago, what am I saying, a year or so ago, um, on January the 6th, when uh, an insurrection was clearly directed by Mr. Trump, who invited people Uh, like the Proud Boys and others like that who were basically uh, right-wing state militia groups, essentially. I mean, these are people who arm themselves. And um, because we don't have really effective gun control, these are people who had the kinds of automatic weapons that you find in warfare, not, you know, going hunting for animals or something like that or protecting your home. And... uh, those people, um, you know, had, uh, were, were some of the ones who participated in the January 6th insurrection. Um, they were the ones uh, who were participating along with uh, other Trump supporters in breaking windows, damaging the property, um, attacking police officers, which is just unbelievable. And, uh, uh, and there are people who died in this. It's not a, it's not a game. It was pretty serious. Mr. Trump spent most of his time on that day when the insurrection was underway. Um, he, he stayed in his office. He watched up on television. He is said to have told, I wasn't there, so I'm just telling you what others have told me. Um, he is said to have watched this on television and several times pumped his fist like, yeah, give it to them. And the, the ones who were getting it given to them 
like I said, are law enforcement people. They're police officers. They're members of the FBI. They were people who were just working in those buildings and happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time when these nutcases with weapons and the like came in and did all that damage. And we're also looking um, to do damage and harm to elected officials. Um, uh, and we still deal with this kind of nonsense. Uh, you saw Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked here in California uh, recently, and, and then showing what a classy guy he is, Donald Trump uh, made jokes about uh, Nancy Pelosi and about her husband. Who does things like that? And well, someone who's clearly insensitive and um, I wouldn't say that disqualifies you from being president, but, but saying things like that, which sort of promote more violence, um, is the sort of thing that can trigger uh, uh, Article 14 under the, the, you know, the Constitution again. And it can certainly encourage more violence going forward. So uh, these things are, are, I think, going back to Colorado for just a moment. These are the reasons the people who live there said, you know, even if they're Republicans, not all of them were, were very thrilled with the things he said and the fact that he just allowed this to happen. And let's not forget, by the way, Mike Pence, who you, whether you like him or not, um, you know, uh, given his politics, he was honest that day. And he, he said, I'm only going to do the counting of the ballots. That's all we do. That's all I'm allowed to do by law. And you can't tell me that I can just dictate the outcome because that's a violation of our Constitution. And as vice president, he was absolutely limited just to the counting of the ballots and to issuing what the outcome was. And, uh, <clears throat> You know, because he wouldn't do what Trump asked him to do, which is just declare it a win for me. That's what he asked him to do. Just, you know, skip the counting and just give it to me. Um, oh, that's illegal. Right. And and here was Trump trying to do that. And because he wasn't getting his way with Mike Pence, he and uh, a number of, of Trump's followers were constantly yelling, hang Mike Pence. And somebody erected um a gallows, you know, a, a device to hang people from in the same area while they were yelling, hang Mike Pence. Well, that doesn't speak well for our democracy at all. And this is not the way we do business politics in this country. It's not the way we do it. And this I'm glad is the problem with somebody like Donald Trump. I mean, like he, he thinks he's above the law. He thinks the rules don't apply to him, but they do. And Mike Pence, like I said, whether you like him or not, he did the job that he was supposed to do, and he was very careful to avoid what might have been a kidnapping of him near the end of all that when he refused to get in the vehicle provided by the White House because he'd already heard what you know what those people were saying, hang Mike Pence. Well, I'm glad you mentioned. I'm glad you yeah. mentioned democracy because uh, I'm going to give you a hypothetical based on your sure. areas of expertise. Is it possible? that uh, given the current state of American democracy, which you opened with, that the Supreme Court, that the, the Supreme Court could uphold the Colorado rule. I mean, no, I'm sorry, could overturn the Colorado ruling, not because of a failure to stand on solid constitutional ground, but uh -huh. rather because American democracy in its current state doesn't possess the bandwidth 
to apply the requisite nuance. Is that a possibility? Well, it is. I, 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 I think that's a very much a, it's a good question, and it, it's a very real possibility, Byron, because, um, as I said, the, the number of people who participate regularly in elections in this country, it's not a huge number. And, and I don't know what the actual number is as of today is, but you know, I, it's just my observation that there are a lot of people who could vote who just choose not to. And sometimes they choose not to because they have other things to do or they're, they're, they're trying to work and make money for their families and, and keep, you know, and elections is sort of a, it's, it's a luxury if you have the time to get involved with that and study it and talk to other people about it and learn something about it. And then you make a decision and all that. Um, that's a luxury. You know, most people don't have, uh, that. And so, um, you know, back to your question. Um, I think that, that, uh, a great number of people in this country are, I'm going to use the word ignorant. And I don't mean that as a pejorative. Um, I just mean that they're uninformed they, and, and either they haven't had the time to, to do their research on this and to learn about it, to make a, a, a good decision as a voter. You know, when I say good, I don't mean because it's the one I like or something like that. When I say good, I mean that they, it's thoughtful, that they've, they've studied it, they've learned, they've considered the outcome, and then they say, well, this is the way I think I'll, I'll go with this. And they, and they try and make an informed decision that way. But in an era, in a time when, you know, everything is still expensive for us here, even though the economy is in pretty good shape right now. It's just, like I said, that's how we started this. There are still a lot of people who just look at voting as a luxury. And that's, that's a partial reason for their ignorance about things, their, their unawareness of things. And, and that's also, you know, back to when we're talking about other communities that could be involved with this, these, these paramilitary groups, also are composed, I'm sure they're good people. And I, I suspect that in their lives, they have been decent people, probably good parents to their children and all the rest of it. But um, they too are also oftentimes, not all of them, but many of them have been uninformed about the sorts of things that, that Donald Trump says. And when he says these things and they already like them, they don't bother to sort of investigate and say, is what he said true? And so they go along with this in the end. And that's part of the way that our democracy becomes threatened by this. Um, because you have people who think they know what they're talking about. And the truth is, like Mr. Trump himself, they haven't bothered to crack a book or read the newspaper. They, they don't know. They just know what somebody told them. Or they know what they watched on television. And that's a really stupid way to make decisions about voting, to be honest. And and. Mm -hmm. Uh, frankly, conservatives aren't the only ones to do that. I'm sure there are progressive liberals who are also ignorant about some things if they don't take the time to learn and study and think things through. So these are my my fears. Well, when you when you when you look at um, the current moment, how much mm -hmm. does timing factor into this? For example, let's say that this case was before the Supreme Court in 2022 or even 2023 but we're roughly 60 days from the colorado primary so how much does that impact um you know you talked about clarence thomas earlier in the smell test so how, how much does this impact the smell test that we're only 60 days from 
the Colorado primary? Well, I, the fact that it's close um, is important. Um, and the fact that uh, as of this time today, I don't know what will happen tomorrow because the court is now starting to get involved a little bit in politics. Um, but uh, if, if this uh, a challenge for this is up to the Supreme Court at this point, um, there are a couple of things that might be in conflict here. As I mentioned, the states are really the ones who are empowered with putting these the, the voting uh, together and and, and uh, allowing people to vote and supervising the process and the way it works. And so that's why I've said before, the states are really the ones. Um, who are supposed to be in charge of doing those sorts of things. The Supreme Court is not an elected body, so it's not really something that we voted in. Um, it's uh, the members of the court, um, whether it's we're talking the Supreme Court or at the district level, and then, of course, appeal um, all the way down to the state courts as well. Um, <clears throat> at least if we just stay on the subject of federal courts for just a moment, um, you know, they're not really supposed to get involved with politics. And uh, unless something political has legal implications, and pretty clearly in this case, they very likely do, um, because uh, on the subject, for example, of whether Donald Trump can have his name on the ballot, well, a, a big reason that probably he can't, cannot, that is, um, has to do with the fact that he was involved in insurrection and, this, and the Constitution, which we all follow, said if you uh, promote, suggest, encourage, assist in the creation of an insurrection against our government, you are forbidden from this day forward to seek office uh, of any kind in this country. You're out. That's it. And it's as much of a slap in the face nationally for somebody like Donald Trump to hear that, as it is in his beloved state of New York that he loves so much, um, who are about to tell him that he's no longer going to be allowed to do any kind of business in the state of New York. He's going to have to go somewhere else to do that. And those are pretty serious you know, charges. Um, but in, in these cases, um, it's, it's very clear, as it was for the state of New York, for the state attorney general there, right, that Trump's uh, behavior when he was uh, falsely claiming the value of properties uh, that he had and his, you know, his, his uh, monument to himself, his towers that he built. And it turned out that uh, when he kept claiming this many feet, this many feet, that's worth this much money and this much money, he was just pulling that stuff out of this you-know-where and making it up, basically, which is part of the reason they charged him on this. And they'll follow through on that. And the state attorney general is not about to give him a pass on this, not a chance, because it's, it's the same BS with Donald Trump. He, again, here we have a guy who clearly thinks he's above the law and the rules don't apply to him. And you can't really have a fair and decent, and this is your subject, moral government, if you have people who constantly lie about things or change the rules or do whatever they want in violation of the law, on the assumption that they won't get caught and that the rules don't apply to them. But the fact is the rules do apply and they apply to all of us, me too. And you too, we have to follow the rules. And when you don't, there's a price 
And if that price costs Donald Trump the right to do business in New York, boo-hoo. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Just <Right>. boo-hoo. <laughs> Well, well, Joe, as you know, I I love baseball, passionate about baseball. But one of yes, my critici- one of my criticisms of the sport has been its handling of the steroid issue. And for example, mm. they've made the steroid issue about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens as a justification to keep them off the to keep them out of the Hall of Fame without giving a full accounting of how many people were actually using steroids during this era. And I mm. see in a similar context um, our democracy that we're, un- we're only able to see the side that we oppose and their shortcomings. And doesn't democracy depend on us looking even at our own side and an honest evaluation of where we are? Isn't that, isn't that sort of the subtext of the strength of democracy? Not to me to criticize my opposition, but internally. Your thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah. No, the, 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 you know, I, I said several times that, you know, so-and-so is not above the law, but that not being above the law, that applies to us, too. It applies to everybody. If you're an American citizen and you're doing business here or you're, you live here or you're making a life for yourself here, whatever it is, those things are great. But just like for everybody else, you still have to follow the rules. You know, if... if uh, if the red marker on the sidewalk outside your house is there because you're not allowed to park there and then somebody chooses or you choose to park there, you're going to get a ticket. And if, if we, I've, I've gotten those. And when you're going to complain about it, all the police officers are going to say is everybody knows that the red stripe on the sidewalk, you know, facing the street is a do not park zone. And you broke that rule, and here's your ticket for $10 or whatever it is. And you can bellyache about it all you want, but the rules apply to everybody. And like you were saying about baseball, it's the same thing. Um, although I, I think probably the consequences, you know, for getting it wrong in baseball are, are, are probably less significant to, you know, the nation than, um, uh, you know, baseball or whatever. It, 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 well, baseball is important. I wouldn't say that. It's part of our cultural identity. Um, I don't think any of us like to see cheating, certainly. And there is certain, there is absolutely, uh, and it's not just limited to baseball. You found it. So how long was it like this in the NFL, too, with football players? I mean, come on. How'd they get so big? And it wasn't just weightlifting, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so, you know, um, I think for me, the sadness that I have in sports about those kinds of activities is that uh, you have so many young people who grew up admiring uh, baseball players, football players, um, uh, any kind of athlete, and you admire them and and you wish that you could be like that. Sometimes you try and emulate some of the things that they've done that are good if they help them to win a race or to win a contest or something like that. and we idolize these people. And that's, I think, in, in the sports world, um, when, you, when you see someone fall from grace that way because they were doing something wrong or they were taking money or they were trying drugs or something else uh, to help them get ahead in ways that were sort of false. And the, the, the drug or the steroid is what contributed to a burst of speed or uh, improvements in strength and that sort of thing. And... 
well, that's cheating. It's, it's the same. It's a, and, and steroids are, are, I think, besides being something that cheats, they're also dangerous. And, and people who use them too much can get very ill um, before they get punished. And we ought not to be encouraging that in this country. We should be doing just the opposite, which is encouraging people to play by the rules so that your win is an honest win. That's, that's the kind you want to put on your wall, you know, but one you've won when you know you cheated, you're not going to put that on the wall. You'll hide it somewhere and wish that you never did it, you know? Well, Joe, you would hide it on the wall. You would hide it. I'm not sure everybody would hide it, though. I, I beg to differ with you, Danny. <laughs> um, finally, yeah. is there any way, as you're looking at this, this case is coming up, um, you're thinking about the state of American democracy. Is there any way for the Supreme Court, however they decide this case, can come out of this without a partisan stench from someone, from some group, from some faction, to use a Madisonian yeah. phrase? Well, if we're, if we're talking about, for example, um, you know, this question about immunity from prosecution, like for, for Donald Trump, um, I, I think most people who have followed uh, the court's supposed to be apolitical. It's not supposed to be political, but uh, I think everyone is aware of the fact because Trump brags about it so often that he put these three justices on the court, and they're the ones who got rid of Roe versus Wade. And look what a great job I'm doing. Well, he also messed with women. Um, he essentially made it impossible or very difficult. Let's put it that way for women to have, as I said earlier, dominion over their own bodies. They don't get to make a choice about what happens to them. And, and to be even more insulting, the justices who were making this decision were all male. Like they know anything about having babies or a miscarriage or what happens if the, the life of the, the mother is at risk. Is, is a man going to know the answer to that question if they're just a judge sitting on the court? Of course not. These were the, this was the dumbest place to put this, frankly. You know, why don't you let doctors weigh in on this subject instead of uh, conservative or liberal justices? Um, so that's already a problem for the court. I do think that there is the possibility of some stench um, that applies back to the fact that we're still not doing anything or we're doing very little to punish um, and change the rules on Supreme Court justices who take a lot of money from billionaires and the billionaires aren't doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. They're doing it pretty clearly because they want to influence the outcome of decisions that the justices may have to make in, in future cases. That's clearly what this is about. And that to me, uh, though, well, the court is apolitical. And so there have not been laws written yet that, that punish justices from doing something naughty like that. But this stuff to me is, is very much borderline or already over the line. Um, it, it's, it's like taking bribery. It's, it's clearly within that realm. And if, if you don't want to put it that way, you can stay in your realm, which is to say it's clearly immoral. This, this behavior is immoral. The rest of us have to follow the rules. Why do these people get special privileges? Right. And the only reason you can think of that they you say that about them is that if they're taking the money and no one's challenging them on that, what, what are you doing with the money? And why are you taking this money in the first place, especially from people who are trying to influence you? 
right? So ongoing problem, definitely. And with this batch that we have in the Supreme Court right now, it's, 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 very, it's, it's really sad to see so many people who are more interested in money, even on the court, than they are in doing the right thing. And we all know what the right thing is, follow the rules. You remind me of a, a quote attributed to J.P. Morgan about um, Teddy Roosevelt when he said, we uh-huh. bought him, but he wouldn't stay bought. So <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> you said, know, Joe, Joe Tillman, sir, I want to thank you so much. And um, without going into detail, I appreciate your efforts just to get connected to me today. And thank you so much for once again joining us on The Public Morality. Much appreciated as always, my friend. My pleasure, Byron. Anytime. And I hope you have a good day. That was Joe Tooman. Stay tuned for my special closing remarks here on The Public Morality at WSNC 90.5.